0: The American Truck Driver Podcast, Episode 19. everybody, welcome to the American Truck Driver Podcast. So, uh, this is a first. I'm trying a video podcast. We'll see how this works out. Uh, I'll put this up on the Facebook page at facebook.com slash Driver, uh, And probably on my YouTube channel. Uh, so, I'm going to talk about an article that I saw this week that was uh, from USA Today. And what a piece of crap it was! Uh, the headline of the article is called "Rigged, Forced into Debt, Worked Past Exhaustion, and Left with Nothing." Um, you know, obviously this this whole issue revolves around leasing, uh, or, or so we're told. You know, that's what we're to believe. It, that this is all about leasing trucks. Greedy companies, uh, poor drivers just trying to make a living and getting screwed over by a company they work for. <clears throat> now, I know, I understand what a hot-button issue that the, you know, truck leasing is, uh, and I've done it a couple of times. I did it back in 1999 when I was with Prime, and yes, it was a disaster. Uh, we didn't, you know, we're getting 80 cents a mile. Fuel was cheap, but we used a lot of it. Uh, but the costs were just exorbitant. So, you know, then 2011, I went to Anderson Trucking Service and I leased a truck and I was successful, uh, at least with the first truck, the 2007 that I had. Now, when I had the 2011 Peter built, uh, I've talked at length about what a nightmare that was. Um, so I'm going to just kind of roll through this. Uh, this piece here. I've got it up on the computer in front of me. Um. let's just start at the beginning um, this guy I'm going to go down actually to the bottom because it tells about the author which should tell you all you need to know Brett Murphy began reporting this story while in the investigative reporting program at UC Berkeley's Graduate School of Journalism well he came from Berkeley that should tell you all you need to know right there Uh, There's never been a a greater hotbed of economically ignorant and illiterate people than at UC Berkeley. Okay, so uh, he begins. Most days, the trucker would drive more than 16 hours hauling LG dishwashers and Kumho tires to warehouses around Los Angeles. On their way to retail stores nationwide, he rarely went home to his family at night, and he he crawled into the back of his cab and slept in the a company parking lot for all of that he took home as little as 67 cents a week now i'm sorry i don't buy it now i had weeks when i was leasing a truck okay let's say i went home for a week and so you know the 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 payments never stop so if you either have a bad week or you have a week where you didn't work then the following week well, you had to double your payments. And so I could go right now into this computer that's sitting in front of me and I could dig into my um, uh, my records and my settlements from 2011, 2012, 2013, even at Landstar. You know, there, there were times that I didn't work and even though my weekly settlement deductions were not as high, I still, you know, would have a negative balance. So uh, when it says for all of that he took home as little as 67 weeks 67 cents a week so that tells me as little as so that means that was the bottom he had a week somewhere along the line that was 67 cents now i don't believe for a second that any human being that's got any sense whatsoever is going to continue in a job where they make 67 cents a week you can't You have to pay lights. You have to pay water. You have to pay mortgages. You have to pay your cell phone bill. Is this guy making less money than he would like to? Oh, I'm sure of it. I'm making less than I'd like to right now. Um, Then, okay, so let's forward. Then, in October 2013, the truck he leased from his employer, QTS, broke down. When Talvera could not afford repairs, the company fired him and seized the truck, along with $78,000 he had paid towards owning it. Now, so is this a bad deal? Probably. But let's go back to my own experience in 2013 when I had that 2011 Peterbilt. There came a point where I was unwilling to drive that truck any further, so I quit. I handed him the keys, I wished him the best of luck, and I was out, and I went and bought my 2007 Uh, Freightliner that we called Big Red. Now, I ended up leasing Big Red back to ATS because I was waiting on Landstar to get their stuff together and get me hired. So when I went back to ATS, they handed me a bill. It was, I don't know, $2,500 or something. You know, I had paid a lot into the maintenance account. And so, of course, that was wiped out in in the seven months I had the truck. I still owe the money, so I paid them 100 bucks a week um, from then until, I think, a week or two before I left the company, I paid it off, but I owed that money because I signed up for that contract, okay? So if you go lease a truck from anybody and you sign a contract that says, I'm responsible for the payments in excess of the lease, then yeah, you're responsible for the payments in excess of the lease, and you'll forfeit any escrow that you put into that truck unless you pay it off. Now, this is why, in general cases, leases are not a great deal. I have said, and, and I still kind of go back and forth, I'm really not... Leasing a truck is not necessarily a terrible way to get into being an owner-operator because it, you you have some hand-holding there. You have some protection around you. You know, when... when uh, that truck kept breaking down uh, in 2013. Well, they kept fixing it. Even though I didn't technically have the money in my maintenance account, I was going negative, but they were fixing the truck and I could have continued to drive it through the end of the lease. Whereas just like in my situation with big red, well, when it broke and I didn't have the money, that was it. We were done. There was nobody else going to come and, and pay the bill. Um, so this article, and it's a long one, it's, it's really long, and, and, it, and it goes through um, all of the, the, these different situations. And, of course, uh, it, it goes after the companies. It goes after the leasing companies. It goes after the retailers. But there's somebody left out. There's somebody really important uh, in this story that they left out and that's the government of the state of california they, they just just you know a year long investigation by the usa today network found that port trucking companies in southern california have spent the past decade forcing drivers to finance their own trucks by taking on debt they could not afford companies then use that debt as leverage to extract forced labor and trap drivers in jobs that left them destitute so we're not even going to talk about the fact that most of these guys and it's mentioned in here kinda that most of these guys worked in the ports in old paid for trucks and made a good living and then the geniuses in the state of California come in and drop their magic pixie dust in the form of emissions regulations and rendered all of their trucks illegal does anybody remember that anybody remember when that happened so let's think about the scenario okay let's 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 start a a a brokerage real quick so me and you we're going to be partners and we're going to contract with whoever it is you contract at the port to haul the products that are coming off the ship out to the distribution network in southern california maybe it's going to rail maybe it's going to warehouses wherever it's going and we've got a bunch of drivers that we've contracted with well all of a sudden now their trucks are illegal okay now they they've made a living at this point none of them are getting super rich but they're making a living with these old paid for trucks okay well a new truck you know even a used truck at that point is still going to be 40 dollars 60,000. You go into a new truck you're talking 120 $150,000. So we have a choice you know, we either don't have trucks to haul our freight or we can say, okay, well, we've got the capital. You know, we're, we're rich guys. We're, we're the big evil rich guys with these brokerages and these companies. We've got the capital. We'll go buy the truck and we'll lease it to the driver. I'm not making a moral statement here. I'm just saying whether that's good or whether that's bad, that's one possible scenario in this situation. That people that had capital and had resources went and bought the trucks for the drivers and then lease them to the drivers, So the driver still gets to be an owner-operator, which is another big side of this. Uh, so good or bad, right or wrong, companies bought trucks to meet the California state emissions regulations so that they could t- continue to haul freight in the ports. None of this happens. These people are not broken destitute without the government of California. And they get a complete pass in all this. Now, of course, this Berkeley-educated moron mentions in the first part of his story, you know, well, they were they were sick and tired of, of, of dirtying up the air. Uh, okay. Let's say for a second that this climate change thing's real. Well, obviously, the climate changes. Uh, do we have anything to do with it? I, I don't know. Uh, is the government the answer? Absolutely not. Um, so... I'm not letting the drivers in this scenario off the hook um, because if you're dumb enough to keep doing something that you claim is, is going to get you, you know, broke and destitute, well, that's your fault. Go work for somebody else. Go find a different job. Now, I ran into some guys uh, just a few weeks ago when I was driving for Swift uh, out there driving old FLD Freightliners. They put the DPF filter on them and rode. Uh, now, there's coming a time, uh, and the guy told me, I don't remember exactly what year it is, 2020 or... At some point, they're not going to be able to do that anymore. They're going to have to have the 2008 or 2010, whatever it is, newer trucks. Okay. But, it's, guys, it's 2017. This stuff started happening eight or nine years ago. So if you would have went ahead and put the DPF filter on your old truck instead of signing up for a bad deal, then you probably could have saved enough money by now seven, eight, nine years later, to have at least had enough money to pay down on this newer truck if you want to stay in the state of California. Why anybody does. Why it's not a ghost town, I'll never understand. Um, then then we have this bizarre, uh, and, and this goes by. I'm sorry, this is on the drivers. This bizarre employee classification thing. All right, Now, I smell the Teamsters all over this. I this stinks to high heaven of the teamsters uh, finding these ignorant drivers and getting them on board with these um, these labor classification things like like the deal we had with FedEx. Oh well, they sh- they should be employees. So well, if they're employees, then we got to pay them benefits. Well, well, who's better at giving away benefits than the unions? So. And look, sidebar, okay, note, whatever, I'm not against unions. You want to be in a union? Go be in a union, okay? But when you start colluding with gangs of thugs to come after me or anybody else in my industry just because you think you got it better, then we're going to have a problem. You want to go be in your union? Go be in your union. Sign up, get all the benefits, do what you want, get the pay, leave me out of it. I don't want any part of it. But I dislike these giant gangs of thugs, okay, and I'm going to even include some of y'all that uh, oh, we're going to shut this thing down, we're all going to, we're all going to band together, no, 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 because you don't get stuff from people by being jerks, you don't get stuff from people um by threatening them. you know, oh, well, I'd like to see them starve we'll we'll shut off all the food. yeah, go ahead, you see what happened. Go through your social media, and look at these protesters that are blocking the streets and trying to shut down the highway, uh, and and see how Joe Q Public responds to them. He's not real happy with them right now. So if a bunch of truck drivers get a bug up their ear in and all decide we're going to start blocking interstates and shutting down food and shutting down medicines and hospitals. And y'all think we're going, they're going to say, oh, well, you know what? Uh, thank you for showing us the way. Thank you for showing us the, how important you are, truck drivers. It's ludicrous. Now, I don't have to worry about because it it's never going to happen. Um, but this is a larger economic issue for America in 2017 because we have these giant gangs of thugs And and they could be union thugs. They can be safety advocate thugs. They could be government bureaucrat thugs. But these these gangs of thugs, that they can control us when we're terrified. If we're scared we're going to lose our job, we're scared we're going to lose our house, we're scared we're going to lose our safety and freedom and security, then that's when they have us where they want us. And we've just got to stop this. So uh, I don't want to tell you to go read this article because it's a piece of crap. Um, and I really don't want this moron to get any more publicity than he already has. Uh, oh, here's, and here's the part. A critical change. For decades, short-haul truckers at the nation's ports relied on cheap clunkers to move goods to nearby warehouses and rail yards. That's true. With little upfront investment, drivers, most of them independent contractors who own their own trucks, could make a decent living squeezing the last miles from dilapidated big rigs that weren't suited for the open road. Okay, that's been a little dramatic. In October 2008, that changed dramatically in Southern California, home of the nation's busiest ports. Los Angeles and Long Beach. State officials, fed up with deadly diesel fumes from 16,000 outdated trucks, ordered the entire fleet replaced with new, cleaner rigs. Suddenly, this obscure but critical collection of trucking companies faced a $2.5 billion crossroads, unlike anything experienced at other U.S. ports. How did y'all not think that that was going to just blow all to hell? I mean, are we this stupid in America today? Don't answer that. Now, oh, this next line. God almighty. Instead of digging into their own pockets to undo the environmental mess they helped create, the companies found a way to push the cost onto individual drivers who are paid by the number and kinds of containers they move, not by the hour. Time out. Wait a minute. So, we the. the, the we're talking about short-haul truckers, independent contractors, owner-operators that own their own trucks. Well, now, now it's the company's fault. Well, how, how did we get from one of them? So the government comes in and basically wipes out these independent contractors. These guys who, well, how did he say it? Could make a decent living squeezing the last miles from dilapidated big rigs that weren't suited for their... So they're making a living. The government institutes regulations, and now it's the company's fault. Well, if you're going to be on your environmental high horse, then why aren't you mad at the drivers? Oh, because you made the drivers your bitch for the article. That's why. Sorry, I forgot. There are 800 companies regularly operating at the L.A. ports. Almost all of them turn to some some form of lease-to-own model, some without thinking through the consequences. Talk about thinking through the consequences carb California Air Resources Board y'all don't think through jack flying by the seat of their god this is awesome flying by the seat of their pants and making it up as they went along has no, no sentence has ever more accurately described the government of the United States of America and most of the states than that right there, flying by the seat of their plants and pants and making it up as they went along. Ultimately, what they were trying to do is, was survive in a business with very thin margins. Yes, trucking is a business with very thin margins. Always has been. Always will be. You know what eats up our margins? morons in the government and idiots like the people that wrote this piece of crap article that emboldened them and 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 give them uh, god almighty uh, it's like god we're not this stupid are we Uh, again don't answer that truckers at dozens of companies describe the basic scene they were handed a lease to own contract by their employer and given a choice Sign immediately or be fired. Many drivers who spoke little English said managers gave them no time to seek legal advice or even an interpreter to read the contract. Okay, back to the individual. Guys, that's on you. Nobody's going to hand me a contract and say, here, sign this or you're done. Well, no. No. No, I'm not. Because, okay, let's think about this. Okay. You're barely getting by as it is. Okay, so if if you're not making any money, then go do something else. Go work construction. Go work in the in the. You know, I mean, Lord have with all the people that you know. All the Mexicans are coming to take our jobs. Um, go work somewhere else. You know this. It was take it or leave it, according to Fidel Vasquez, a driver for Total Transportation, who said he couldn't read the contract because it was in English. Fidel, brother, that's on you. If you're going to come up here, and I welcome you, come on, because we need we need good people. It's got to work ethic. There's not many of those left around here. Um, But brother, you got to learn how to read English. That's on you. Sorry. Uh, Yes, the government started this mess um and we've all got to put up with it but if you you know if you're going to operate in a, if i go to mexico or brazil or japan or Re- i'm going to have to learn the language I, I have to do that if i'm going to engage in commerce then i can't say oh well you know vladimir shoved a contract in my face and i couldn't read it because it was russian so i went and signed it no not buying it um we have a level of economic ignorance in this country that is just it makes your brain hurt I would love to see more owner operators and less company drivers I'd like to see more people taking um, you know the initiative um, to do it themselves because When my identity changed from company driver to owner-operator, my behavior changed. Um, Nothing before. No rules, no regulations, no policies made me behave behind the wheel until I became an owner-operator. That's when it all changed. So I'm 100% pro-owner-operator. I wish everybody was. The more owner-operators we have, The more market share that belongs to independent single truck, 5 truck, 10 truck, 20 truck, 100 truck fleets, the less market share. And and let's be honest, Swift's market share is like this big. I mean, they're they're like 1 or 2% of the entire market. You put them all together, Schneider, Werner, U.S. Express, Swift. Jb, All of them together. Think of every big company that you know the name of. And they still are like 15 or 20% of the industry. The other 80% is those 5, 10, 200, 500 truck fleets. I don't even think they're that big. I think most of them are like, if if I remember what I'm recalling it correctly, it was like 100, 100 trucks was like the maximum. So you had 100 trucks and then you had, thousands of trucks but there was no there was nobody in the rest of that margin um but this is bad uh this is bad for everybody this is bad for me as a guy that's just kind of scrambling around here at the house trying to figure out what i'm going to do um whether or not i'm staying in trucking or getting out of trucking or you know but a lot of stuff that i'm going to do is as a contractor well the government hates contractors And would you care to guess why the government hates contractors? Because contractors don't pay taxes weekly. So you don't, when you're an employee, they they get their theft. And yes, taxation is theft. They get their theft weekly. Um, It comes right out of your check and you never miss it. But contractors have to write checks. And when contractors start writing checks to the government, they get, all of a sudden, a little less interested in all the magic pixie dust that the government's got to spread all around us to make us all happy. So the government hates ten ninety nine contractors, and so you got these these geniuses in this labor board that are trying to do whatever they can, everything they can, to wipe us out because the freer you are, the more of a threat you are to them. So uh, th- this is bad. It's it's bad and it's bad for drivers, it's bad for companies, it's bad for individuals inside and outside of the trucking business. It's just bad all around. The whole thing. Um but we gotta, you know, start having some one on one conversations with each other. and we gotta stop believing everything we think. That, that that's one. That's one of my favorite quotes. Don't believe everything you think. If you have a belief, well dig into it. Think about it. You know, put yourself in the position of this driver. Put yourself in the position of this company. Put yourself in the position of Walmart, Target, whoever's got the goods that need moved. Put yourself in the position of the ship operator. When you put yourself in that other person's shoes, it's a lot easier to, vict- or to demonize them and make them the bad guy. Because, see, I used to think, I can remember being, you know, maybe first five years of trucking. And the local news station here in West Virginia did an expose on trucks. And, of course, it was horrific. And I remember thinking, man, why do they hate trucks? Why do they hate trucks? Because everything they said was untrue. I mean, they, pe- that's the thing, guys. We should know by now that if the news is going to report on trucking, it's going to be a load of crap. It's going to be sensationalized, over-dramatized. It's going to be a nightmare. And it's, and, and it's going to be about 10% truth and 90% hype and drama. But I finally realized, what's well, not trucking that they hate. It's industry. It, it's, you know, I, I stopped, you know, grew up in West Virginia, where coal is everything, you know, for, for a lot of people. And I've watched the coal industry be demonized. Well, when I I kind of took my trucking glasses and I looked over at the coal industry and I went, okay, so ninety percent of what they por- report on my industry is crap. What if ninety percent of what they're reporting on the coal industry is also crap? And I went, oh, oh, it's true. What they're reporting about the coal industry, or though wind industry or the solar industry or energy industry, automobile industry, whatever they're reporting is 90% crap. That's why I call it news. Always put the air finger quotes around the word news because it's not news. Most of it's propaganda and disinformation. So I do not watch news, none of it. I don't watch the local news, CNN, Fox News, MSNBC. I don't watch any news. Am I still informed? Yes. Well, there's a big difference between reading a piece of propaganda and watching it because then you don't have all the images flashing in your eyes. It's a, it's a, an incredible difference. I, I urge you, I beg you, please turn off the news. It's it's not helping. Um, but this is only this is this is this is the kindling right here in this article. Uh, so just be aware if you're an owner operator operating right now, you know we know the ELDs are coming and, and it's just more. Control. They're just trying to tighten the noose as much as they can get. And as I've said before, obviously I oppose the mandate because I oppose mandates, period. Okay, but the ELD uh, is something that we need as individuals to protect ourselves from an overzealous government. Um, I can separate the two. There's mandates over here. It's wrong. It's unconstitutional. It's everything bad you want to say about it. But the ELD is a separate thing. Uh, I won't drive without one. I just I'm not going to do it. It's it's too much risk, too much liability in this business, especially with crap like this being printed. Um but let's let's stop and think about stuff. Let, let's you know, let's calm down um and 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 separate, you know, all these little issues that are let's put them all over in their little piles where they belong and then kind of sort through the crap. Uh and and then try to come up with a reasonable argument to have, uh, based on solid economic facts. Um, you know, and if you want a good economic lesson, I suggest you go check out the Mises Institute, M-I-S-E-S it's down at Auburn University in Alabama. They got all kinds of free content online. They'll teach you about real economics, not all this garbage that, you know, Keynesian foolishness that we've been taught in America for the last hundred years. So I'm going to wrap it up on that. Um, Don't go read this article unless it's like, you know, to like research uh, because I don't want this guy getting any more clicks. But, you know, unfortunately, that's the way it is. Uh, But let's make sure that we're that we're hitting the right issues. Okay, let's look at who's really at fault. Did the companies maybe maybe do something bad? Maybe they did. Maybe they took advantage of a situation. That's possible. I'm not ruling that out. But let's also make sure that the actions of people down the line from the original cause, let's, if they're wrong, we'll say they're wrong, but let's go back to the original cause. Let's go back to step one and have a real hard look at them and what they're doing and who benefits from it. Because it's not me and you. We're not benefiting from CARB. CARB is benefiting from CARB. And, and CARB has, they've picked a A fight they can never ever win, and it's gold for them because there's no end in sight. They'll never solve climate change, they'll never do it. So, they're you know, it's genius if you know, in a maniacal, psychotic kind of way, uh, because there's no cure, they can just fight it forever and just keep regulating and regulating and regulating and regulating. Over and over and over again and never stop, you know, until, you know, we're all just living in bamboo huts, you know, with our solar panel. That's it for this Amer- episode of the American Truck Driver Podcast. Send me emails, anamericantruckdriver at gmail.com. Find me on Facebook, facebook.com slash anamericantruckdriver. I'm on Twitter, at Polk 76 Send me an email, share the podcast, give me a rating and review on iTunes.